Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is across from me. Mr. Rob Sander is our fabulous uh, producer. We have our first caller and guest of the day on the news line. He is a state senator, John Gordner, state senator in the 27th district, is a Republican, is a caucus leader in uh, Harrisburg, uh, third in line in the chain of command up there. He sounds dangerous. Whip. Uh, he's the whip. That's right. So he makes sure that if you're not going to vote uh, with the rest of the good Republicans down there, um, well. I've known the senator for a long time. I don't believe he's violent. No, he is the most uh, rational, uh, but probably the most convincing whip they've ever had down there. Good morning, Senator. Thanks for calling in today. Good morning, Senator. Uh, Good morning, Mark and Joe. I do appreciate that. At this time last year, we talked about uh, how the budget was going to fall together during the pandemic. At the time, uh, you said there actually just would be sufficient funds, uh, well, I'm going to say here and there, but of course, after a lot of review and consternation, probably down in Harrisburg, that a balanced budget would come forth, and one did. Uh, Tell us about this year's budget process. You don't have some of the fundings that you were able to rely on last year. Well, last year was uh, very, very unusual. We ended up doing a two-part budget. Uh, if you recall, we did a budget at the end of May, uh, which provided uh, five tenth or five twelfths funding for most agencies, uh, other than for uh, education and some human services uh, cases. And then we finished it up in November. Uh, but uh, this year, and look, I'll I'll be straight up. It's as a result of the uh, the one point nine trillion dollar. Um, package that the federal government put together. Pennsylvania, over the next uh, two years, is going to be, uh, I say state government uh, in Pennsylvania, is going to be getting $7.3 billion. Uh, And so as a result of that, and also running ahead of uh, the governor's projections, uh, we should be able to, um, I say this jokingly, I guess, fairly easily put together a budget uh, May or June of this year for the full year. That's certainly a great windfall, Senator Gordner. So uh, how are you going to decide how to apply it? Are you just going to cover the existing budget? Some states are talking about starting new programs, which is a little concerning since this was money designed to uh, prop you up after a disaster. So what's Pennsylvania going to do, in your opinion? Uh, We're still waiting for final guidance uh, from Treasury. Uh, there is some concerns right now um, because there are certain uh, ways, and I don't have the sheet of paper in front of me, that we can use it. But if our revenues uh, currently are more than they were two years ago, it limits the amount of places that we can use the money. Now, uh, interestingly, uh, California and New York, and I'm not sure if you know where Pelosi and Schumer are from, uh, but they're in the same predicament we are. 
so we are expecting uh, the guidance from Treasury to uh, be a little more flexible and allow us to use it for other uh, purposes and uh, to, to fill in holes. But we do have to be careful. Uh, for those of us that were around back in uh, 2009, 2010, uh, when we had the uh, Obama stimulus monies and then 2011 came along and it all dried up, uh, that was uh, when Rendell left office and Corbett came in, and uh, we had issues. So uh, <laughs> we want to be careful about how we use these monies. Any thought of using them to uh, take or improve the pension plan, as uh, some states apparently will try to do? Uh, the uh, guidance from, actually, the, the in the legislation, it says that you cannot use it to prop up, prop up pension fan, uh, plans, and you also cannot use it for tax cut purposes. I don't know that the uh, the guidance from Treasury is going to change in regard to those two issues. Well, you could do what ended up happening to Governor Corbett, where it appeared after that federal money ran out, it made it look like he had uh, misspent all the money, and that probably contributed to the end of his term. Perhaps the same thing, the net effect could be with the Governor Wolf, so you get a change in, in leadership there if the expiration of federal dollars appears to be uh, on his uh, footsteps. So just a, a passing thought there. Uh, let's talk about nursing homes and investigations and the pandemic. There's really a lot happening there. So give us an overview of, uh, of how the uh, state legislature is looking into what happened at nursing homes. Yeah, I think uh, much like New York, uh, it really was a colossal mistake uh, by the Wolf administration uh, early on, probably one of the biggest mistakes uh, that they made in uh, sending uh, COVID positive people back into the nursing home setting. Uh, which they did uh, for quite a long time. They did it immediately back in March and April and then did it uh, for months after that. And again, going back to how, if you remember how this sort of all started in the United States out in Washington State, uh, they had uh, a, a nursing home facility out there where like everybody got infected. So that was uh, the first example of what not to do. And uh, if you remember, there for a while, we had the New York governor, the New Jersey governor, and, and Tom Wolf that were all collaborating and working together and doing things similarly, and they all did the same thing as, uh, as it related to nursing homes and sending COVID possible or positive people back in the nursing home settings and infecting a lot of uh, people, and uh, that's why we had so many deaths there. From your view in the Senate, Senator, how, how, how would you rate Pennsylvania's effort with respect to the virus and getting people, getting shots in people's arms right now? Um, if you're asking me right now, uh, this, this Thursday, uh, 25th or whatever it is, uh, much, much better. And uh, I'm going to give a whole lot of credit uh, to the uh, task force on vaccines that the governor appointed. Uh, it, it's the sort of stuff that we had been asking the governor to do for the last 12 months is to uh, put uh, people of uh, different backgrounds and different opinions into the room uh, to discuss how to do things. And he finally did that uh, with this uh, vaccine task force. Uh, Ryan Ament from Lancaster County is, is our person on there. And uh, I think things have gotten a lot better uh, just recently in regard to uh, hearing the concerns, because as, as you probably well know, we were at the bottom of the, 
the country in regard to percentages of, of getting people vaccinated. But that's that's made a big turn, uh, really, even just in the last couple of weeks. You think we'll be able to make uh, the president's May 1st deadline for making the shots available to everybody over the age of 16? Uh, I think we're well on our way. Now, I just saw, uh, matter of fact, last night around 8 or 9 o'clock, we get emails, uh, which is good, from the, the various departments and the, the, the one shot, uh, which we were supposed to get uh, a lot more supply next week, uh, we're, we're not getting. Uh, we've heard from the Biden administration, so that's disappointing. That was a shot that uh, the, the first couple of doses uh, went to uh, the schools and, and folks working in school communities, so that's disappointing. Um, I'm just going to mention my father. My 89-year-old father, uh, as of uh, yesterday, still was not vaccinated. Uh, in January, he went for a VA appointment, and they set him up for March 30th. And I had tried uh, just through normal means, uh, not trying to use any senatorial uh, privilege type of thing, but just normal means, and was unsuccessful. And then, lo and behold, uh, it seems as things were getting uh, more available, I called uh, I called uh, the Geisinger hotline number that was in our press enterprise. I called Susquehanna Valley Medicine, and my dad called me, and he uh, uh, he ended up with an appointment today, uh, Saturday, and the VA next week. Um, so uh, he actually is going today uh, to get his first vaccine, and again, he's 89. So I think it shows that uh, the, the supply is opening up for that 1A uh, group, and I think uh, it's it's going to get better. Let's go back to nursing homes real quick. Uh, is the state Senate involved in investigating the governor's uh, care of nursing homes? Yes. So uh, Judy... Ward uh, is the chair of the Aging and Youth Committee. She has had hearings, and uh, just, uh, well, I think Monday or so, uh, her and Senator John Udicek, uh had a, a, a joint press conference on talking about some of the things that they're doing. Uh, this ended up being a, a busy week, and I got knee, uh, not knee deep, but uh, elbow deep in the uh, statute of limitations issues, so I, I wasn't able to read what all they, they did at the press conference. But yes, we are uh, paying attention, uh, we're having hearings, and uh, I know, I think maybe Monday was the, the two of them unveiling some solutions as to what they think we ought to do uh, going forward. To this day, the Department of Health says that they know of no cases where someone was reinfected at a nursing home or was infected in a nursing home because someone who was readmitted. Does that seem consistent? We we have lay people no. who tell us that's no. not true. <laughs> no. Okay. Let's uh, move on to the statute of limitations, which you mentioned. What's what's going to eventually happen there? The governor and the, his administration messed it up by not putting that ad in the uh, in the media to let people know that it was going to be on the uh, ballot. So, what what is going to happen there, in your opinion? Uh, colossal failure by uh, the Department of State and uh, Attorney General Josh Shapiro, uh, from my perspective. Uh, when the legislature passes a constitutional amendment. Uh, the Department of State knows that they've got to do two things. They've got to draft the language for it, and they also know that they have to publish it. Uh, the Attorney General's office knows that uh, when the Department of State prepares the language that it's got to be submitted to the Attorney General's office and reviewed and then uh, returned back in time for them to publish it. So there's two entities, uh, the Department of State and Josh Shapiro, uh, who uh, 
know that they've got responsibilities in it, and there should be multiple people that uh, track it. In my 28 years, and I, I don't know, we've looked back 50 years, uh, this has never happened. Uh, and, uh, and, and here's just the mind-boggling thing, is there were other constitutional amendments that needed to go through that whole process at the same time. I, I don't know how you do one and not do the other. So um, the Wolf administration has been very quiet. Uh, Josh Shapiro has been very quiet. Uh, there's right to no requests in. Uh, they say it's a, a clerical issue, but uh, it's got to be a systematic issue. Again, there was another constitutional amendment that got through the whole process at the same time. <laughs> so I don't know, but it's a colossal failure. Uh, for those victims uh, that uh, have been looking for decades for um, some further uh, relief. Will it get and, resolved, and though? Will it get resolved, Senator? Yeah, so, well, what we just did this week, uh, we did it on Tuesday, the House did it uh, yesterday, uh, was uh, we started the whole process over again. There was a push uh, to do um, an emergency amendment. Um, I wasn't even aware that there was provisions in um, Article 11 of the Constitution dealing with emergency amendments. Uh, we did research, and uh, in, since the 1968 convention and Constitution, it's only been used uh, like two times, and it was both after uh, Hurricane Agnes, because uh, it says in order to use an emergency process, there has to be an emergency or a pending emergency, and and uh, you have to meet the, all criteria, it has to uh, directly affect the health and welfare of the citizens of the Commonwealth. And uh, the only time that that's been used, because it shortens uh, the period from uh, two sessions to just uh, maybe months, is what uh, was uh, after uh, Agnes in 72. So we ended up uh, just going through the regular process again, and we did adopt it but it means that it's going to be two more years now until uh, we're able to get it before the voters. Which uh, amendment did pass, the one limiting the governor's powers, emergency powers? Uh, that is on the ballot in May. Uh, that, that one May. And that's one, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the one, yeah, that's the other one that uh, we did at the same time, and, and uh, you know, the governor hates that one, uh, and you can tell by the way they <laughs> misworded the, the question. It, it's horrendous. I've never seen one so biased. Uh, William Sport uh, newspaper did an incredible editorial. Um, they said, and, and they said, we're not lawyers, but here's how we would word it, and it was perfect. Um, but yeah, that, that question uh, limiting the uh, governor's emergency powers uh, to 21 days, and then uh, from there on, making sure that the legislature is involved in the process will be on the ballot in May. And, I would urge everyone to vote yes. Why can't you reword that? I mean, you pass the measures that are putting it there. I guess that uh, in the future, in the future, we may. Um, and actually, there's a, a logical uh, suggestion. But uh, in the past, uh, we've uh, the, the the statute uh, uh, that sets it up, and it's not in the Constitution; it's in the statute, so we can change it. Um, has the Department of State uh, writing the wording? It goes to the Attorney General to review, and then the Department of State publishes it. But again, in my 28 years, I've never seen uh, such a slanted question as with this one. But uh, what's been suggested is to have the Nonpartisan Legislative Reference Bureau, and, and that's the entity that, that drafts 
bills for Democrats, Republicans, House, uh, Senate, but is to have them draft uh, the language because they, they truly are a, a, a nonpartisan entity, and, and that may be the way to go in the future. The governor said after the horrendous shootings that have occurred over the past week that in Pennsylvania we will not tolerate hate, we will not tolerate discrimination, and we we will not tolerate gun violence. So what legislatively is he proposing to do about stopping those three things, and do they have any chance of passing? Um, You're going to have to ask him. I've not (laughs) seen him uh, put forth anything different uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, look, all we need to uh, um, stop hate, uh, and uh, I think we all can agree on that. I hope. Uh, and uh, the gun violence in um, Philadelphia, for instance, uh, is is horrible. Uh, it is up dramatically over the last couple of years, and uh, you know those of us from my side, um, you know, point to the. Uh, district attorney that was elected down there, the district attorney who was funded by the very uh, wealthy uh, Democratic um, billionaire, uh, whose uh, name has escaped me at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, us too. Um, We're looking at each other. (laughs) Anyway, okay, so that's the factor there. Yeah, wait, who is it? We couldn't think of it. We're, we're, we're blank. Yeah. All we come up with is George Soros. Yeah, blanking, blanking as well. But he got involved in a whole lot of uh, district attorney races around the country uh, based on, quote, unquote, criminal justice. And uh, they, uh, they've they done a lot of things there since he got elected. Uh, they've eliminated uh, no cash bail. Uh, they're not incarcerating people for a number of different offenses. Uh, they're releasing people uh, early. Uh, and uh, the gun uh, gun violence down there has exploded. Uh, matter of fact, I think this past weekend uh, was was just I don't know a dozen or more uh, uh, instances. And the mayor and council said, uh, you know, we all need to do something uh, to stop this horrendous violence. But uh, in Philly, you can date it back to when uh, this DA started taking office and stop prosecuting criminals and stop putting them away in jail and releasing them. New gun laws in Pennsylvania part of the solution or part of the problem? Uh, I don't know about part of the problem. Uh, you know, I always, and, and, and it's tough, I, I listen uh, to the, uh, the the senators from, from the Philadelphia area, and, and I always, I, I say this jokingly, but truthfully, I mean, I've I've got more guns than people uh, in in my senatorial district, and and yet we don't have the uh, the issues with the violence. Um, from time to time, there'll be a, a domestic uh, case, um, but uh, thankfully it's it's rare rare, and uh, because uh, people are responsible in regard to the guns, uh, you know, they're they're it's a generational type of thing, in regard to uh, learning uh, safe uh, gun use. And uh, we, we have DAs that uh, put people away and, and make sure that if they did do something with gun, uh, by the gun, uh, they're in jail and not uh, a threat to go after anyone else. And we got a text from Larry Krasner saying, I will not be forgotten. So he's the DA in Philadelphia. He is the DA, yeah. I can't remember the, uh, the guy that financed him and the uh, San Francisco George DA Soros? and others. And that's what I thought, but I could be wrong. George Soros? Oh, yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. One last yep. question, Senator. Out of the House Transportation Committee, the radar bill passed, I believe, unanimously. <laughs> it's now uh, headed uh, for the full House. And in the past, the Senate has been the one to pass it, and the House has been the one that has been the problem. Is the Senate going to come through again this year? 
Uh, I would believe so. We have a new uh, transportation chair, uh, and uh, it's Wayne Langerholtz. Uh, but, uh, boy, at least the last two sessions, uh, we just, regardless of who the uh, chair was, uh, we've passed a uh, radar bill uh, with some reasonable provisions in it in regard to size and uh, whether there's a uh, police department there or not. But uh, I, I think, again, we're the only state in the country that doesn't have uh, that radar um, in, in place. So I think it's, it's, it's time again with some responsible uh, provisions in it. And I see this time the State Police Troopers Association has withdrawn their objection because they're going to get LIDAR at least out of, and moving radar, allowed to use radar out of moving vehicles while local police will have to stay stationary. <laughs> but still it's a step in the right direction. I know that's one that uh, the mayor of Smoking Dam has been interested in. <laughs> whatever will we it's talk dear about. Dear to my heart, John. <laughs> whatever will we talk about when this is passed. Is there anything critically important you wish to add, anything we didn't ask you, uh, anything to add, Senator? Uh, no. Uh, just uh, we're, we're busy here in Harrisburg. Uh, we do need to get the economy uh, opened again. The governor's made some additional uh, changes, but he made them perspective for, I think, Easter Sunday. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, we continue to need, need to be safe uh, and uh, be responsible. Um, the numbers are up uh, the last couple of days, so we don't want anything uh, changing in regard to opening up. But uh, we need to continue to push out the vaccines and the vaccinations uh, because I think that, that can and will make a, a big difference as we move forward. All right, we'll keep in touch. You know that we will bug you again for another appearance. So thank you so much for carving out time in what we know is a busy week. There's a lot going on in Harrisburg, and we know you're in, involved in the leadership. Thank keep you, up sir. the great work, John. Thank you. Yep. Good talk to you guys. Take care. Thank you. you. State Senator John Gordner, uh, State Senator 27th uh, District, a Berwick resident, Republican whip in the state uh, Senate, and uh, probably about the seventh time he's been on WDKOK's On the Mark since the pandemic began, primarily with things related to the pandemic, but some general legislative topics, too. All right. Your reaction to that. We'll have time for one quickie call when we come back. 1-800-795-9565. You can email Mail us at on the market WKOK.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark with 1-800-795-9565. The hotline, you'll need that uh, during the 9 a.m. hour. Our sponsor is the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do as I've done. Go to sunburymotors.com. Eric, the caller, before the top of the hour. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Good 
morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I do applaud Senator Gordner for coming on your show and taking questions. More I can say for some of our other elected officials who are still hiding in Washington. Um, but the question I have is, I think I may have raised this before, um, hypercritical of Governor Wolf towards some of his actions early on in the pandemic when everyone was scrambling to figure out what to do. The question I have is, what do the Republicans think the governor should have done with the tons of people, who, a lot of them from nursing homes, uh, where were they supposed to go? These nursing homes, where are where these people lived? This was their official residence. That's where they got their mail. This is where they lived. What were they supposed to do with them? Uh, stick them in, uh, you know. Medicare law does not allow you to stay in the hospital past the time where your active treatment requires it. So if they were trying to keep them in the hospital, they have been violating federal law. What, were the, what was he supposed to do? What was he to do to prohibit people from going home and take that action as the governor of the Commonwealth? What was he supposed to do? Well, no I one think, ever explained that to me. I think what they should have done was what the the opportunity that the New York citizens had, where the federal government sent, set up hospitals at the Javits Center, uh, specifically for COVID patients. We could have done something like that here in Pennsylvania. We could have found a place... For example, as somebody suggested yesterday, the old Sunbury Community Hospital building that's got rooms, we could have set that up there with medical personnel, let some of those people come there instead of sending that them back to nursing homes. That all takes time, Joe, and you know that we were in a crisis. These were people who hospitals said, this person is ready for discharge, they must leave under under Medicare law because the hospital is not getting paid. And let's not forget, also, those beds were at a hypercritical shortage. There were people being stuck outside in tents hoping to get into the hospital in the beds those people were occupying. People want to be very myopic of our governor's actions, but there really was no other solution at that time. Well, we're doing a I finding of facts. They didn't look for one. That's the problem, though, Eric. You don't know How that, do you know Joe. Yeah, Joe, one, Joe. Joe knows I was everything. There. Joe knows what happens in homes in Guatemala and what the governor's thinking. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. With producer Rob Santer. Greetings and good morning to you from News Radio 1070 WKOK. Mark Lawrence here. Mr. Joe McGranahan is here, mayor of Shabokan Dam, as aptly pointed out by Senator Gordner just a short time ago. And he's a Hall of Fame broadcaster here in Pennsylvania. Plus, he's the former COO and CEO and director and general manager here of the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation stations for 40 some years. So, did a 30 years. 30 years, okay. 70-some years. the last 12 since I've been retired, it's 42. Okay. All right. So, yeah, he's been, he's a long hauler. I just keep coming in every day. The doors open. Roger looks at me and says, are you here again? And You're the opposite <laughs> of a long hauler. A long hauler is a person who suffers for a long period of time well, with the pandemic, uh, with coronavirus. We, your long haul is we suffer for a long well, time. Years ago, milk wagons were hauled by horses, and the horses knew the route. They just kept going. They didn't need a driver. That's 
that's me. I come in the door every <laughs> you know day. The way. Right. <laughs> just come up. Okay. All right. Well, welcome on board, everybody. It is WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm the subpar host of the show, but very glad to have great co-hosts along the way. Uh, tomorrow, Ben Reikley will be in, and tomorrow we'll have a call-in from uh, State Representative Linda Schlegel-Culver is going to call us. So we've been bugging her uh, almost to the level of policeable harassment, but uh, she finally relented, and uh, she loves to be on the show. It's just uh, she's super. This is a tough time to squeeze into schedules in Harrisburg, but she agreed to call in tomorrow, so she'll be on at 8.30 tomorrow morning. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do as I've done. Go to sunburymotors.com and pick up another vehicle. We'll be picking up another vehicle today. This time I'm going to drive it again, so we'll see what they have in store this afternoon, but hopefully it'll be a uh, bluish F-150 with a six-foot bed and a power rear window and a double row of seats. And Are you okay, Joe? I've you're, called you're over there and I've us. told them to <laughs> not let you right. leave the dealership without signing the papers okay. and actually new pulling the plug this time. All right. Well, if you see a, a blue Ford F-150 out front Monday, tomorrow, Monday, you'll know what happened. On the mark, uh, toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at on the market over to kokid.com and you can text us at 70236. Some very brief news headlines here. Two Valley residents are in critical condition after that crash a Tuesday in Union County. We first told you Tuesday afternoon there was a wreck on Route 304. Zachary Leitzel of Millmont and Madison Snyder of Milton in critical condition. Pennsylvania's got some good and bad news on the vaccine front. First, the good news. Uh, the State Department of Health has said there were double the number of vaccinations Tuesday around here. 2,500 uh, local residents received at least one shot as of uh, Tuesday. That includes 1,700 Northumberland County residents got their shot on uh, Tuesday. Uh, the tougher news, uh, the number of new COVID-19 cases once again above 5,000. We're inching closer to a million. We now have 996,617 cases of coronavirus since the pandemic began. U.S. Senator Pat Toomey in the minds of some Republicans redeemed himself yesterday when he voted no on the confirmation of Pennsylvania's former health secretary to serve in the Biden administration. In a statement Wednesday, Senator Toomey says Dr. Rachel Levine has not earned a promotion to serve as an assistant secretary in Washington. Uh, Senator Toomey says the pandemic struck seniors hard and Dr. Levine and the Wolf administration are uh, responsible for the 12,000 deaths that happened at the nursing homes in Pennsylvania. Uh, he says uh, their policies were excessive and arbitrary in nature and led to a very slow recovery from the pandemic in Pennsylvania. So he voted no. And Dr. Levine uh, did receive confirmation from the full Senate. City of Sunbury moving forward with a new police station. That's important for security of the officers, the public, extra transparency, and just uh, it's a progressive move to make sure that we're in the current times of law enforcement. That's Mayor Kirk Karlovich. Specifically, they're talking about the body cameras police officers are aware. There's also going to be a new police station at 337 Arch Street. And uh, yeah, uh, let's see, Monday when she said this, it was true. Do you have plans to visit the border? Uh, um, not today, <laughs> but um, I have before and I'm sure I will again. 
Well, <laughs> gotta watch what you say. Now it is true. President Biden has announced Wednesday that he has tapped Vice President Kamala Harris to lead the administration's efforts to stem migration at the southern border. Her role comes as border apprehensions have soared since Mr. Biden took office. So she's going to be the head of the uh, White House effort to stem the tide. Should we invite people to play our game? What? Oh, that's it. <laughs> you have that part of the cut come, that says... Come up with a better question. You right. Know, we ask on. a different question and get that same answer with the laugh in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, when you were at the top of the steps recently, were you attempted to push Joe down? Um, not today. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. Dale, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, I think Biden speaks tonight, I'm pretty sure. But... Uh, I can tell you the first five minutes is going to sit there and just pound your IQ. And first, it's going, he's going to attack what you're a victim of. And and then, you know, it's going to be nothing to pick you up. So basically, if you listen to that, your IQ is going to dwindle. That's your smoke of marijuana. <laughs> oh, in which case, if you smoke pot, your, your, you. your IQ will go up? Why we're not a sovereign nation no more. Why we're not what? Then he, a sovereign nation. A sovereign nation. Sovereign nation no more. Nope. Then he's going to say, blame China for everything or corporations or the rich. He's going to sit there and find a, why you're a victim. He ain't going to say why our military is protecting the bar associates instead of the people. You know, okay. I've wondered about that, the military protecting the Bar Association. I've been to the Bar Association. Yeah. There are troops all over the place. <laughs> a big fence. So all of our, basically, all, we're letting these uh, migrants in, all our 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 warriors all died in vain, basically, because they're supposed to protect our nation. Instead, they're protecting our lawyers. So, basically, don't you, would you blame China for all our problems, or you blame the lawyers for Oh, the Bar Association, definitely, yeah. Yes, that they want you to say, blame Democrats, blame Republicans, blame the Chinese, blame, uh, you know, I mean, until we wake up, that's the problem. Your IQ is going to be dwindled tonight. So just pay attention closely to TV. Actually, it's I this mean, afternoon, Dale. It's one fifteen. Yeah, I mean, look, you're going to see this guy just go after you. You're a victim of everything. I don't know. People who ever feel like they're victims are going to love this guy. I don't know. I don't know. He, he, Sounds he, like you do it's know. It's despicable. It's despicable. I mean, these lawyers, the bar associations need to crumble. This nation is hurt. They're, they just bought $6 trillion in our kid's name. Now they're going to tax us higher because they want to have infrastructure and they're all you should check out the accounts for these bar associations states these big big uh, bar associations their accounts are so stacked they don't even know what to do with the money i think they're in it with the teachers union to be honest with you yeah the unions are a nice little place to hide it too i mean you guys i mean there's the ones that run in the bar association are are freaks and weirdos but no one steps up and says anything the other one the other lawyers should step up and attack these people because they're weirdos, pedophiles, and stuff like that running running this bar association. Oh, the bar association, blame the bar association of pedophiles. Republican, do you have any Republicans? Blame the Chinese. Blame uh, blame everybody. Wait a minute. You 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 claim the when your back is so heavy that you can't walk anymore. Just blame somebody else. They'll find somebody else to blame. Dale, you claim the bar association are filled with pedophiles. What is your uh, what is the your leaders, evidence for the, that? The leaders of the just bar the association. Come on, Joe. Just the leadership. What? Well, well, Chuck Schumer is not a leader of the bar association. He's a United States senator. Yeah. 
they're yeah, well, they they're a uh, part of the board. Trust me, they're all just like Joe Biden. He, he's here to uh, to take your attention away from the bar association. Trust me. I mean, they they put him in there because they want to dumb you down. That's it. Period. I don't understand. I think Trump was there to uh, at least wake you up a little bit. I don't, I'm not a supporter of that guy, but Chuck Schumer is a lawyer, though. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, until the other ones step up and say, "Hey, our leadership needs to be thrown out the door because we're going to crash." It, it, I can tell you right now, it's crashing and burning very soon. The integrity of all parts of government are crumbling. Why, that's why you have the military protection. Don't you understand? That's why they got them gates up there. Well, one of our one of our texters agrees with. Trying to bring problems in your in your neighborhoods in your household. Hello, Dale. <laughs> Earth to Dale. <laughs> All right, one of our you. texters that may have, that agrees with you. He says Dale may be onto something about the bar association and the military protecting them. Look at the Capitol building, a fence around it with the military protecting it, and the majority of the occupants being in the bar association. Laughing out loud. Lol. <laughs> I thought it said Dale may be on something, <laughs> but it says so he might be on to something. I got you. All right. And, uh, and for the record, no one here believes that the Bar Association leadership is filled with pedophiles. All right. Okay. So start here and go up. And uh, this one, uh, Tom, I'm going to agree with Tom. He says, looks like Joe lost one of his main talking points on Biden's stimulus plan. As his guest just said, money can't be used to bail out pensions. Will Joe still use it? Will he twist it? I'd bet on it. Well, Would you be wrong? I was delighted to hear the senator say that they couldn't do it, that well, they they actually yeah, wrote into it. You're sad you lost one of your Fox talking points. Not really. I'm glad because it was the wrong thing to do. Uh-huh. I didn't want to bail out states. I wanted to help people who needed help. You're just saying that. <laughs> uh, one of our listeners. That's a bit bar association. They're they're telling me what to say now. You know, they have a pipeline directly into my head. <laughs> right. They had the, to pull a Fox funnels out so that they could get right. their message into so they my get brain. The pipeline from the pizza shop into your head. <laughs> one of our listeners says, "Good morning." When we had our first COVID illness at my work site, we were asked if we wanted to continue working with those individuals that had the COVID-19, they were returned to their home and confined to their bedroom for about 10 days. So we had PPE and uh, others were kept, kept away, others away kept from others away from them. It worked and no one else got COVID. The person ended up being a long hauler who still suffers side effects. Okay. So, all right, we got that. Mike, thanks for calling in. Last caller before a quickie break. You're on the mark. You know, I, I don't know if I'm going to repeat myself or not. I'm getting to that age where I'm starting to forget. <laughs> Did I put the wash in the dryer or not? And I have to go down and check. But anyway, here's the deal. I, I don't think it's been a long time since I've been so fixated on one thing that I heard. And that's why I'm going to repeat it if I did say it yesterday. There was a guy working at the one of the uh, immigration service centers uh, on the Arizona border. And he said that he has 49 countries represented in the people that are being held there right now. So people from 49 different countries have found their way into Arizona via the Mexico-Arizona border. And to me, that, that's, that's huge. It, it's amazing that that can be like that. <clears throat> and it's amazing, and, and, and maybe this is just my viewpoint, but it's almost as though the government has said, hey, the border's open, come on in, because we're getting a steady stream of people coming, and I, I just, I don't know where it's going to end, and it, it seems, you know, it seems to me that if Trump passed a law, and the, and the Congress passed a law saying, hey, we're going to build 
this wall to try to stem some of the illegal immigration. And the, the president waves a magic wand and says, no, we're not going to do that. It, it seems that he's overriding the law. Shouldn't that law have to be, shouldn't it have to be voted on? Shouldn't our congressmen say, hey, we decide we don't like that law. We're going to override it with a new law that says we're not going to do that. So to me, you know, the Biden's acting illegally. And, and basically, to, to sum it all up, you know, you guys are talking about taxation. And the reality is more and more people are not paying any federal income tax. Every time we try to do something to make the system fairer, more people fall under the threshold where they're not having to pay any federal income tax. So they have no skin in the game to really care what's being done in that matter. Mm-hmm. So the fewer people care, the worse things get. I think I think just the opposite happens. If you uh, change tax laws to the point that someone pays no taxes, they become stakeholders to make sure that it stays that way. They have a financial interest in monitoring government so that they don't end up getting taxed. Ah. Lawrence is backwards. <laughs> so, See, it's so backwards it thinking. So it for the people... <laughs> Right. Who don't want people to pay tax? Ah, yeah, yeah. Very good, Mark. I learned something. You got to pay attention. That. Well, they don't call me worthless for nothing. So, no, they, right. we pay them to call you. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Thanks for calling Mike. in today. Take care. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Got some open lines and some emails. So we did read the texts that are brand new today, but uh, we have two emails pending that came in today, plus a couple of two, three emails and texts from the previous days. Uh, we'll try to get to some of those, but uh, we'd love your input. Uh, we had Senator Gordner talking about the fact that there's really no uh, significant gun control change in laws that uh, is uh, top of the mind in Harrisburg right now. Of course, he'd been working on the referenda, uh, one that is on the ballot that will appear soon that's poorly worded, we hear, and the other one is the one that won't be on until 2023, and that's uh, related to sexual abuse of people uh, outside the statute of limitations, so that has to wait a while uh, to happen. Uh, we talked about nursing homes. A lot of people have a pretty clear opinion about what really happened, including the senator, even though uh, just this week the Department of Health uh, said they don't know of anybody who contracted COVID-19 because of an individual sent back to a nursing home. So, But we have individuals who uh, have How firsthand... How hard did they look? Well, we have individuals who worked at them who've called the show and said, no, actually uh, we had zero COVID here. One of our residents came back to stay here, brought COVID with her. So apparently there's we, this finding a fact that they're trying to do in Harrisburg. We hope that really works. But uh, what's your view on these topics? 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone. 1-800-795-9565. We asked uh, one of the leaders in the U.S. if she is going to be the co-host tomorrow on On the Mark. Um, not today. <laughs> but um, I have before and I'm sure I will again. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. Oh, these would be brand new. These, this one right here. Yes, we have one here. All right. Uh, Biden's being investigated for stopping the construction of the wall because it was voted on by Congress and signed into law. Biden appears to have broken the law, let alone the contracts to build the wall that were broken. Well, I thought Congress never agreed on anything. I thought the president used uh, funds that he had some discretion on in order to well, do he that. Took some military funding that was intended right. for other things and put it in. I recall there. that, but that wasn't the only funding source. There were others. So, uh, yeah, actually, we'll see. he's also being sued by several states for stopping the pipeline. You know, and the people thrown out of work there, and those people are still out of work, right. despite what. Others are saying that they can go get jobs somewhere else. So far, they haven't been able to find those jobs. <laughs> Despite the people who've been interviewed that's saying, well, now I'm working in another state on another job. They're not telling the truth either. Well, what about those who can't find other jobs? Well, I guess that person does exist. I, I, I don't know every sons, single... it's plural. I, I don't know every single pipe fitter that is employed or deployed or unemployed. Well, do you know any of them? Any, I, do I know any personal? You, uh, You're saying that pipe, they're gaining work. Where do you where do you draw that from? I don't think I know any pipe fitters. So you don't know whether they're working or not working. You say I know the inner workings. No, of the governor's I'm just mind. following this through Fox News. You I'm know, just using you your know source. the employment status of every pipe fitter in the country. I'm amazed. <laughs> uh, Rob says, listening. "Did Wolf ever say they examined other options for nursing home residents?" I don't think they did. I think she, uh, Dr. Levine, was asked that question back in the beginning and probably throughout the year, and indicated that there really was no step-down facility that could be made available. I mean, you're talking coming up with a facility that would have hundreds of people in each community so what they did do is individuals who wanted to go back to their homes and the nursing homes uh, did so and the nursing homes already had set up COVID wards there remember the nursing home industry still says nobody came back from the hospital and gave anybody else COVID but uh, people who work in the nursing home says no we were COVID free and people came back from hospitals with it and gave it to our residents and staff and you know that introduced it and that of course you know the, the outcomes of that so that's why this investigation by the state attorney general and of course uh, Senator Ward is working on it. Right. And Senator Gordner talked about that. We really have to get to a finding of fact here. I understand if you know Governor Wolf and Secretary Levine want to release partisan information that is uh, you know tainted because they're Democrats and the Republicans are running the legislature. But they have to tell the truth when it comes to nursing homes. Well, I look at it this way. You know, we we have in Pennsylvania now, according to the graph I saw this morning, we're one of the states where cases are inching up again. So my question is, why are they inching up again? It's not like people don't know what they need to do to protect themselves and to stay safe. Are people ignoring those protocols, or are they is this so so very communicable that you know it doesn't matter what we do, we're going to get it if we come anywhere near it? 
you know, what, what is the reason why our cases are spiking again? Is careless behavior? What? Well, you have to, first of all, look where it's coming from. It's not coming from the rural areas. It's coming from uh, urban areas, Westmoreland County, Chester County, places like that. That's where the big increases are coming. So these are crowded counties where businesses are restarting and outdoor activities are restarting. And there is some distancing and masking taking place there. there those aren't the really recalcitrant counties where people chose not to follow any of the guidelines like they do in rural areas like around here, you know, Union and Snyder County, where you, once you leave Seals Grove border, you'd be hard pressed to find a mask anywhere. Uh, those counties still have very low numbers of transmission, so it's in the urban areas. But the, but still, having said that, I, I didn't answer your question. I just told you where it was happening, why it's happening. I would imagine it's just the re-ramping up of things that are taking place. Some people are calling this the St. Patrick's Day surge. That this is a week after. You know, bars were given, uh, sort of accepted ahead of time the green light that the governor gave them for Easter. But what they don't tell us is what these people who got it, you know, these, I would want to know, not just contact tracing, but I would want to know from people who got it, what did you do that exposed you to a greater risk or a risk at this point in time where we know so much more about this virus than we knew a year ago? What happened that you got it? You know, did someone sneeze on you? Did some? Did you take off your mask at the wrong time? Uh, instead of contact tracing, I think we should be trying to find out why we're spiking. Obviously, if you go to spring break and you don't have masks, I heard over the uh, uh, fire a police call over the weekend that there was a party of several hundred students at uh, at Bucknell or at, in Lewisburg. You know, I am assuming they probably weren't masked. So how did that happen? Well, that's normal up there. That's been happening all year, all all the time. Students never stop gathering in big groups, partying, and having a blast. So that's so they're to that's, blame. That's well, they they are to blame for their own COVID outbreak if it happens. I mean, they did have an outbreak early in their semester. That's pretty much tamped down now. But you have probably have a campus that's relatively isolated where you don't have much COVID now on the campus now. I mean, there's probably still a dozen people there or so that have it, but you know they. The odds of you getting super close to them aren't that good. But in so, any what's the difference between a place like that and a place like Bloomsburg or Susquehanna? Nothing. They all have low case loads or co- case instances but Bloom, but now. But Bucknell had a big one. But I, I don't the hear students parties. Came back. I don't hear parties of several hundred people at Susquehanna University. Do you? I have not heard of that. Uh, Susquehanna's not a big party town for some reason. You know, but and I would think that the kids at Bucknell are smart. I mean, they didn't get in there being dumb, <laughs> did they? <laughs> well, yeah, but they kind of let their guard down. You know, I think there's a, there's a sense among young people in general, not just Bucknell students, that even if they get it, it's not going to be that bad. You know, they may spread it to somebody on campus, but most of the, their acquaintances are young also. So, so if they let's get kill it, their parents and grandparents. Well, no, they're not going home. <laughs> they don't go home. See, they have to stay in campus. They were encouraged to stay on campus during a few days. They head off for spring break, not to travel to. Florida. Florida or any other place where they might have been tempted to do so. Well, that didn't work so. out so well for Florida. Well, I wouldn't say that Bucknell no, emptied out I'm not saying Bucknell did, but there was plenty of people in uh, in Florida. I will say this great. about uh, Bucknell students when they're interacting with townspeople. They are masked and distanced and, and pretty compliant. The ones that we see in the downtown are, uh, you know, seem like they're following along. Of course, most of the restaurants and bars in town won't let you in without a mask. You know, they're trying to make sure that the previous outbreak stays tamped down. 
But uh, I was going to say something else about that. But anyway, okay. Now, if anybody wants to talk about this, Joe's getting his questions answered. Well, I know uh, an eighth of a look percent. Look who's answering them. <laughs> well, I just, no, I only tell you the things that I know are true. Oh, okay. I, I, I say I don't know as often as not around here. And you got on me yesterday for saying that. I don't when know. I said well, I didn't know. Only, but see, I don't continue to talk about things like I know all about them, even if I don't. Well, I don't Unlike either. you. You don't know the first thing about anything that's going on. You know about every pipe fitter's employment status. <laughs> sorry, that only, made you choke. Only I'm from sorry watch, about that. <laughs> sorry. Only from watching the interviews on Fox. Well, I'm glad you admit to Fox. Aren't you I, glad we took the tent down? I'm, yeah, I'm glad. I'm really <laughs> delighted. I'm, uh, I'm okay. directly across from you right. now with no protection. Break. Right. Okay. Caller. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Uh, we have talked about the pandemic, immigration, gun control. Senator Gordoner's remarks. Call us now. You wish to remark on that. Uh, just what I know from visiting Lewisburg occasionally, that uh, should be easily refuted by anybody. It's just my observations. 1-800-795-9565 is the telephone number. We will be right back. Good morning, and welcome back to WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. Earlier today, we had State Senator John Gordner on the line. If you wish to remark about some of his observations as the State Senate Majority Whip, give us a buzz, 1-800-795-9565. Somehow we got back on Keystone XL Pipeline, the Austin American Statesman newspaper, and of course the ultra-conservative newspaper in Texas, is has a fact check on the Keystone XL Pipeline. 11,000 jobs would be lost with the shutdown of the Keystone XL Pipeline. The Austin American Statesman says that is half true. A Facebook post says that President Biden's executive order revoking the Keystone XL pipeline is destroying 11,000 jobs. A newspaper says that number is an estimate and the claim lacks context about the longevity of the Keystone jobs. that's not how many have found employment. You're saying Nope, you're right. Just listen. TC Energy said more than 1,000 people are out of work because of Biden's executive order. In October, the company said it expected to employ more than 11,000 Americans in 2021 generate more than $1.6 million in gross wages. Billion, I think you mean, not million. Okay. Thank you. Uh, both, uh, it actually doesn't say that it doesn't have that there. Uh, both uh, TC Energy and the State Department have said the majority of those jobs would be temporary. Uh, in other words, these are people that move around the country trying to find jobs anyway. A 2014 report found that the company would need only 50 employees to maintain the jobs. But the newspaper says temporary jobs are still jobs. Uh, this post could leave the wrong impression without full context. So we rate that claim as half true. Okay, and then they list all their sources. Austin Statesman newspaper. Never heard of it, but apparently they're ultra-conservative. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what has happened since I looked down? Well, I don't know. You were going. I, I was going to wave at you to tell you that we had three phone calls, but <laughs> you were on a roll. Dan, you're on the mark. Hey, good morning. You know, we talk nonchalantly about finding a new job and moving on. It's not all that easy. It's one of the top stressors in life, one of the three top stressors, when you're out of work trying to find a new job or have to move in out of your community, it's not that easy. And we look, we talk about it as if, oh, let them get a new job. And the Biden administration is supposed to be the compassionate people. Well, how compassionate is that? And 
I remember back in 1972, I applied for a job in Toledo, Ohio, and I was just about ready to take it. And my dear wife, she was getting stressed out here. We just bought a home and it, it, where I live yet, and uh, we had the payments were great, and I, I could have made a lot more money out there, but finally, through prayer and through my dear wife's worry, I turned it down and stayed right here in good old Pennsylvania because of this stress, having, having to move from all my friends, my relatives, and the stress is starting out new, maybe in a lot more expensive area. So it's not so nonchalant to talk about people losing their jobs and just tell move on, move on with the what's supposed to be the most compassionate people, the democratic people, but who turned out to be the most compassionate was the Trump administration giving people jobs that they were qualified in. If you were a laborer, he made sure you could get a laborer job, welder, whatever. So it turns out to be just the opposite of what, what we're taught to believe. Yeah, you don't hey, often hear Democrats that. Democrats are compassionate. The Republicans are mean. Just the opposite. Well, yeah, and I think even for the temporary workers who were at the Keystone Pipeline, uh, they certainly, uh, they were, uh, they are temporary workers by their very nature, but they certainly were planning to stay there for, you know, X number of days or years or whatever it was to get that done. So You know, all construction jobs are temporary if you look right. at them that way. The labor union, and I love the way they refer to it, they refer to it as permanent jobs at temporary locations. And I believe that's true. These people work all the time. They find, they go from job to job. Just like broadcasters, you know, how many times have you changed your your career or your your job and your career? Well, just one time too few, I would say. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's what happens. It's it's you didn't have a permanent job in Williamsport. You left there and came down here. Yeah. yeah so I it was know. a temporary job at a permanent location. I was lured away. <laughs> yeah, I have friends that work in construction in this area, but they sometimes they travel quite a distance to go to their job but a lot of them commute commute back and forth you know but they do travel a lot to get to their construction sites right well, and I, like I said, even the company was planning on having them there for X number of years, and uh, that didn't happen, and the workers were planning on being there for X number of time, you know, whatever that time is to complete that work there. So that's still a loss. And just because, I mean, I'll fully recognize that just because you're a pipe fitter in demand or a steel worker in demand, that doesn't mean you can move tomorrow, and I know it is stressful to change jobs. And that's a tough job to move around the country, you know, we, we, you have to thank all the it's really it's mostly young people who do that and it's tough yeah, when you're yeah. employed there and you're working and you have your family there and suddenly some idiot cuts you off most don't take their families to these places but that's another no, issue altogether do. all right thank you so much dan really appreciate yeah, the call guys, thanks have a great day you too dan hey, you take too, care buddy. thank you al you are next on wkok's on the mark well i want to talk about the biden harris administration now 
Uh, that's official. It's supposed to be called the Biden-Harris officially administration. And uh, now Harris is going to be in charge of the border, where during a Senate confirmation hearing uh, for Border Patrol people, she called them the equivalent of the Ku Klux Klan. So I don't think she was a very good pick. I agree with you. Well, she's got to do something. She's not doing anything now. And then also Biden, I don't know if you saw him speaking at some uh, convention. I think it was uh, Tuesday, and he had his mask on, and he'd say about 15, 20 words, and then you'd hear, and gasp for air, and then he'd say some more and gasp for air. It was it was painful to watch. Uh, and I just hope he's okay, but it did not sound good, and it it sounded pretty painful. I don't know if anybody saw that. It was covered on CNN. Um, well, they said he was hard to understand when he wears that mask, and why is he wearing that mask when he and everyone around him is tested all the time, and they've all had their shots? But he breathed, he was breathing so hard, and then I saw him in another meeting, and all his... Uh, Response and what he was going to say at the meeting was already written down for him, and then he lost his page and he, he wanted to turn the meeting over to somebody else, and he said, "You know what we're supposed to do next." Uh, that just doesn't sound like a leader to me. Well, You're you know, asking. you know, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and those people and and Jerry Nadler all said that President Trump should release his tax returns just like every other president has done. Well, Joe Biden committed to releasing his medical medical reports, and he hasn't done that. And every other president has released their medical reports. So I don't hear the left yelling, "Oh, Joe, tell us how well you are." Well, I feel sorry for. Joe, I mean, he, he's uh, up there in years, and he, he really shouldn't have a job like that. And they, I think they pushed him into it just so they could get their agenda done on the, on uh, adding state, uh, two states, Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. Uh, they have a, a terrible agenda that's going to change this country forever. And people are starting to realize that, I believe. And when and about our governor and Cuomo. If Cuomo's found uh, negligent in the uh, nursing home scandal, wouldn't four other ones be automatically ready to be found negligent also? Well, it gets even worse. If you heard now, Governor Andrew Cuomo allowed his brother, his mother, and his sisters to get tested for COVID back in the early days of the pandemic when other people couldn't even get the tests. He ordered. He was just confirmed, and she said she took her mother out of the hospital, out of the uh, long-term care or the nursing home she was in, and she wouldn't keep her in there because what they were doing is putting the people back in there that were effect, infected with COVID. 19. Well, she says her mother wanted to get out of there, but you know it seems a little suspicious to me. Oh, definitely. Right. You cannot have a woman making a decision on her own. Somebody has to decide for her. All right, Al, anything else? Do you decide for your uh, wife? <laughs> not, not typically. No, I just, I just want to say uh, thanks for letting me call and 
express myself on this. Uh, oh my gosh! Uh, thanks, thanks for being there. In 2018, Kamala Harris in a Senate hearing said, "Are you aware of the perception of many about how the power and the discretion at ICE is being used to enforce laws? And do you see any parallels with the Ku Klux Klan?" She said, "Quote: Are you aware that there is a perception that ICE is administering its power in a way that is causing fear and intimidation, particularly among immigrants and specifically among immigrants coming from Mexico and Central America?" But the difference is ICE is doing the job it was legally empowered to do. The Ku Klux Klan wasn't well, legally empowered to do anything. Joe, the comments out of line. There's no, I mean, you can't, it's it's like calling somebody a Nazi. You better be, they better be right. pretty reprehensible. All right, Lance, last caller before a quickie break. And we're going to read some texts and emails. And uh, we'll take another caller, 1-800-795-9565. Go ahead, Lance. Boy, uh, Senator Gordon was really right about the uh, Philadelphia murder rate. Right now, if you live in Philadelphia, just as a citizen, well, a person in Mexico is three times better off than what you are. Mexico is 15, and then 15 per 100,000 when it comes to murders. And when you're in Philadelphia now, it's shoving hard for 45. Uh, Harrisburg is almost as bad, but not quite. So (laughs) even uh, like Guatemala, you know, you're safer in Guatemala than you are in Philadelphia. According to official records, right? Maybe people in Philadelphia should head for the border of Mexico and ask for asylum there. I I ought to go to Canada and ask for asylum. I mean, really. Um, Anyway, um, about the murder rate in Mexico is pretty interesting. Uh, uh, Two-thirds of their murders are knives. And uh, so so if they all come up here, why it proves that when you don't have the guns, you just will use something else. It really does. Baseball bat, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, something that uh, <laughs> I had a caller whose name I won't mention, but I'm sure you know who it was, said about our military that those poor kids are just uh, brainwashed dupes. Well, back when uh, the trans folks and the gay folks were attempting to get into the military, and the military didn't want them on account of, you know, Trump's. Uh, ideas why they were patriotic Americans who were seeking to do their duty from the same person. So I, you know... Right, it's only, the, it's only the straight or white people uh, or, you know, who are <laughs> the dupes, I guess. Yeah, right, right. But if you happen to be uh, trans or gay, why then you're a patriotic American when you go to join. You're right. I do remember him saying that. I know who the caller is he referring to, and he did, in fact, say that they were patriotic people trying to do their duty. And then yesterday when he called, he said they were – you had to send American soldiers to be duped before they would go off to kill other people. They have to go through mm-hmm. dupification. <laughs> dupification, right. Oh, I like that word, dupification. Hey, we're bound to come yeah. up with something. All right, Lance, um, thank you so much for calling. Or do you have a um? I heard an um. Um, What? Well, about, you know, this is totally off the subject, though, but about the uh, teacher unions, that uh, lady who's the head of the biggest ones, I have everything chapter and verse in her speech there, and they said, well, what about the kids? And she said, well, when kids start paying union dues, I'll worry about the kids. <laughs> so if that kind of an attitude, I mean, mm, charters are great. 
All right, we got you. Thank you so much, Lance. Okay. Appreciate that. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. A wide range of topics today. We'll take your. You okay, buddy? Yeah, we're taking a break, yes. <laughs> 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at WKOK.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at SunburyMotors.com, selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, real quick clarification. Uh, as part of a massive omnibus spending plan on track to be approved, Congress is expected to be a second. There we go. As part of a massive omnibus spending plan on track to be approved, Congress is expected to approve just shy of $1.6 billion for border security, which is only 38, of that only $38 million can be spent on border barrier planning and design. So the $1.6 billion was an allocation in the spending bill. I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah, the president wanted $25 billion. Right. They gave him $1.6, but of that only $38 million could actually be spent on barrier planning. and foul Foul, throw in the towel. <laughs> right. Uh, so, but then the uh, um, legally used military spending that was allocated for other topics, he has some discretion there and was able to get some wall construction and renovation underway. All right. Do you uh, recall that? Doug says people are still getting the China virus because it's just that, a virus. Many of us are done with this nonsense of masking and staying home. Many are willing to risk getting a virus with a zero percent. Survival rate? Well, I no, I think it means 100%. 100%. Yeah, 0% survival rate. You'd be a little concerned. 100% survival rate. It's been a year now, and the insanity continues. That's signed by Doug. Right. And uh, Actually, let's see here. You I'll go back and get the one I deleted, but go ahead. and uh, uh, tomorrow don't, re- don't read that. Never mind. We'll put Than okay. on the air. I deleted one accidentally. I have to go back and get it. So, Than, you're on the floor. You get the floor right now. You're on the mark. I get, I, well, thank you. If I could have that one wall to... I appreciate it, but uh, uh, what I wanted to do was correct the statement I made that uh, Lance accurately brought to question. I should never have said brainwash. I should have said people have to be reprogrammed to <laughs> casually. Oh, that's brainwashing. They that reprogram so, you. You're brainwashed. That is so much softer. <laughs> that does sound the way. How would you put it? And, well, I know, being a Christian, you know that people don't have that kind of hate in their heart that they can just go shoot somebody that they don't know. How do you turn people that way 
without using... Well, how about, how about World War II when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and killed our, our soldiers and sailors and civilians? You know, isn't that enough of a motive? You think they have to be additionally brainwashed after no, that? I, I said in my statement yesterday that if somebody is attacking you in your house, you understand why somebody reacts that way. What? And they were attacking us in our house. Okay. Which war did we take part in where we just sent people off who needed to be brainwashed because we, our interests weren't threatened? Which war is that? Do you know anybody that? who was at, in Vietnam, Joe? So you think that's that war, you don't think we had any interest in that? It's a slippery slope. What I'm slope. asking you is, do you know anybody that was in Vietnam? I know quite a few people. And all of them say it was worth the sacrifice. That's in retrospect, many of them don't, but let's talk 1968 to 1972. Many people did believe it was worth the sacrifice then. Hindsight's always different than foresight. Uh, a whole bunch of us were reacting against that war, if you remember, which was present sight. Which is a new type of sight. New type <laughs> but of sight. anyway, what I would like to say is I'd like to retract that statement Absolutely, I think that our veterans and our soldiers are doing an amazing job. I would like to put them out of, out of their work by having the world be at peace. I know that may not be possible, but it, uh, I had learned through my Christian beliefs that men and women do not kill each other. We are not a species that eat one another. How do you account then for Chicago and Philadelphia and the murder rates there? Well, Out of curiosity? That's money driven, isn't it? Drug and money? I don't know. I think so. Yeah, I think that's pretty much. A, uh, a whole oh. different story. So then people are conditioned. Thank you so much, Stan. Thanks for calling in. Hey, thanks for having a good discussion. And yeah, Lance was right. I should not have used that phrase. Fair right. enough. Thank you. Glad so you much. corrected it. We want to wrap up uh, Joe's retirement uh, shortened week with words from the Sunbury Motor Company. They've been a family-owned dealership since Joe was a little kid since 1915. They're still at Fourth Street in Sunbury and Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. That's where the Kia dealership and Alphonse in the business department and Ernie in Austin. And you can talk to Kyle if you so choose down at the Sunbury Motor Company. I'll be talking to him on Fourth Street today. Day. SunburyMotors.com, Ford, Hyundai, and Kia, a premier service provider, too, at the Quick Lane. See you Joe, Monday. Please have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy, enjoy. Tomorrow I'll tell you about a new vehicle from the Sunbury Motor Company. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.